You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Leviticus chapter 19, verses 1 and 2, Reason for Holy Living. All the instructions on sacrifices and festivals and offerings related to how to get right with God and worship Him as He commanded. They had a vertical focus. This chapter provides practical application of holy conduct in society. It has a horizontal focus. Many of them repeat or reinforce what has been said earlier because unfortunately we are forgetful people and a rule of teaching is that repetition equals retention. First we see the source of this teaching is God himself speaking to Moses the mediator who then teaches the entire assembly of Israel. He gives the reason for obeying the commands to follow. Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. This is the main theme of of this book. The perfectly holy nature and character of God was the model the nation was to follow. Verse 3, the fourth and fifth commandments. While most of this chapter demonstrates how the Ten Commandments are to be lived out, God reinforces a few of them here. They are to respect their father and mother. In Exodus 20:12, it says, Honor your father and mother. Here it says, Respect. Other versions say, Revere. Because they revered them, which is an attitude, they could honor them, which is an action. They were also to observe the Sabbaths, which God calls my Sabbaths, then adds, I am the Lord your God. It's kind of like when a parent tells a child to obey, Because I'm your mother, that's why. It's God's right as creator to tell his creatures what to do. He is the ultimate authority, after which all other authorities in home, church, or society are derivative. The Sabbaths here refer to the weekly injunction to rest from working. Verse 4. Avoid idolatry. First and Second Commandments. Because of its primary importance, God reminds them of the First and Second Commandments, which forbids turning to idols in their hearts to worship them or to make metal gods for themselves. The idea of metal here is gold or silver. The reason is because they have the true God, so why turn to false gods? Verses 5 through 8 offer sacrifices in the proper way. As we saw when we studied the individual sacrifices and offerings, they were to be done only as God prescribed. That way it would be accepted by God. Otherwise, what was the point? It was done to restore the broken relationship between themselves and God caused by their sin. God held them responsible for avoiding desecration of holy things. Verses 9 and 10, Gleanings to be left for the poor. In Exodus 23, 10 and 11, they were told to give their land a Sabbath rest every seventh year so that the poor could eat of it, and whatever was left, animals could forage. Now he describes what they were to do every year. When they reaped the harvest of their land, they were not to be overly thorough, reaping to the very edges of their field, or going through the vineyard twice to gather every grape that remained on the vine or had fallen on the ground. They were to leave them for the poor and the foreigner. Why? Because I am the Lord your God. We see this practiced in the book of Ruth. Verses 11 through 13, third, eighth, and ninth commandments. Then they are told not to steal or lie, which are self-explanatory. They are also not to deceive one another, which is a more subtle form of lying. 
They are not to swear falsely by God's name, taking an oath to speak honestly, but then lying instead, or making a promise to God or someone else and then failing to follow through. This would profane God's name. This was a way of breaking the third commandment, forbidding taking God's name in vain. They were not to defraud or rob their neighbor, which was another form of theft. They were not to hold back the wages of a hired worker overnight, as this was another form of theft. In this culture and time, workers were paid at the end of each day. This was still the practice during Jesus' time. See the parable of the workers in the vineyard in Matthew 20. This also related to the command in Exodus 22:21, not to mistreat or oppress foreigners, since they had also been foreigners in Egypt. Later, in Deuteronomy 24, 14 and 15, Moses will say, Do not take advantage of a hired worker who is poor and needy, whether that worker is a fellow Israelite or a foreigner residing in one of your towns. Pay them their wages each day before sunset, because they are poor and are counting on it. Otherwise, they may cry to the Lord against you, and you will be guilty of sin. This happens in Jeremiah 22.13. God says of Shalom, son of Josiah, king of Judah, Woe to him who builds his palace by unrighteousness, his upper rooms by injustice, making his own people work for nothing, not paying them for their labor. Verse 14, Kindness to the Disabled. Then they are told not to curse the deaf, even though they can't hear it, God can, nor to put a stumbling block in front of the blind, so they could watch them trip and fall. But they were to fear God and treat the disabled with kindness, because God, who is the Lord, made them that way. In Deuteronomy 27.18, Moses would add, Cursed is anyone who leads the blind astray on the road. Verse 15, Show true justice. They were told, Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge your neighbor fairly. These are the two extremes which are possible. There are many other admonitions against this, and the example of impartiality is God himself. Deuteronomy 10.17 says, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality and accepts no bribes. Verse 16, Avoid slander and, and endangerment. They were not to spread slander among their people. Some versions say, do not go about as a tale-bearer. Gossip, whether true or false, is damaging and hurtful. There are other verses about this as well in the book of Proverbs. Related to this, they were not to do anything that endangered their neighbor's life. Exodus 23.6 says, Have nothing to do with a false charge, and do not put an innocent or honest person to death, for I will not acquit the guilty. Deuteronomy 27.25 says, Cursed is anyone who accepts a bribe to kill an innocent person. And Ecclesiastes 8.3 says, Do not stand up for a bad cause. In 1 Kings 21, it's about how King Ahab and Jezebel hired two scoundrels to bring false accusations against Nabal in order to steal his property and lead to his execution. This would also include doing anything that would wrongfully jeopardize the life of a neighbor, like failing to put a parapet or railing on their flat rooftop. Verses eight, 17 and 18, no hatred or revenge. While most of the laws deal with outward actions, 
they are also told not to hate a fellow Israelite in their heart. While this cannot be policed, actions that result because of hatred can. They need to be reminded that God knew their thoughts and motives. They were told to rebuke their neighbor frankly so they wouldn't share in their guilt. Sometimes people need to be warned when they're headed down a wrong path. They are also to avoid taking revenge on anyone or even holding a grudge against them in their heart. Instead, they were to love their neighbor as themselves. This is called the second greatest commandment because to love others as we love ourselves is demonstrated by keeping God's laws. Paul says, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Verse 19, no mixing. They were to be separate from the nations around them, and this separation was reflected in many laws of everyday life. They were not to mate different kinds of animals, or plant their field with different kinds of seed, or wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. These are repeated in Deuteronomy 22, 9-11, adding the prohibition against plowing with an ox and donkey yoked together. Some of these may have been characteristics of some idolatrous practices. Verse t verses 20 through 22, penalty for immorality with slaves. If a man slept with a female slave who is promised to another man, but who has not been ransomed or given her freedom, there must be due punishment. This may have been scourging. Yet they were not to be put to death because she had not been freed. This was different from the norm in Deuteronomy 22. He was to bring a guilt offering to the priest and he'd be forgiven. Verses 23 through 25, fruit trees in Canaan. When they entered the land and planted any kind of fruit tree, they were not to eat of it for the first three years, considering the fruit unclean. In the fourth year, they were to offer it to God. They could eat of it in the fifth year. The reward of obedience would be that God would increase their harvest. Verses 26 through 29, Miscellaneous Commands They were reminded to not eat any meat with the blood still in it, or to practice divination or seek omens. An attempt to tell the future with the help of things like snakes or clouds was a common way to foretell a good or, f or bad future in ancient times in pagan nations. They were not to cut the hair at the sides of their head or clip the edges off their beards. These were signs of grief that they would have learned in Egypt. However, some branches of Hasidic Judaism today take this command literally and have the distinctive locks of hair at the sides of their heads. They were also not to cut their bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on themselves. Tattoos were always associated with paganism and they were to be different. Although tattoos are very common today, even among Christians, I think their connection to pagan practices should be enough of a reason to avoid them. I also personally think it's not wise to take part in a permanent fad, which is, which is an oxymoron. Also, the estimate is that 63 to 75% of people who get tattoos regret them. They were also to keep their daughters from prostitution, which is described as degrading and wicked. Even the Assyrians at this time were forbidding such horrendous methods of monetary gain. Verse 30, reverence. They were to show reverence for God's sanctuary and observe his Sabbaths with all that was involved in his worship.
Verse 31, Occultism Forbidden. They were not to turn to mediums for advice or to seek out spiritists, or they'd be defiled by them. Mediums, or mediators, were go-betweens between people and spirits of the dead. They would attempt to contact and communicate with them, but they were actually demons impersonating the dead. King Saul consulted a witch in order to speak with Samuel, and this was one of the reasons for the loss of his kingdom and his death. More on this in Leviticus 20, verses 6 and 7. As with the others, this is followed by the reason, I am the Lord your God. Verse 32, Respect for Elderly. They were to show respect for the elderly, as that reflected reverence of God, who had blessed them with long life and the wisdom that comes usually with it. The way to show this respect was to stand up in the presence of the aged. Verses 33 to 34. Love foreigners. Exodus 22:21 had said, Do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner, for you were foreigners in Egypt. Now that is repeated, because there will be uh, natives and others among them. They must not only not mistreat them, but they must be treated as if they were also native-born. And more than that, they were to love them as they loved themselves, again, because they had been foreigners in Egypt, and because the Lord was their God. Verses 35-37 through 37, Honest Business Practices First, the negative. Do not use dishonest standards when measuring length, weight, or quantity. Then the positive. Use honest scales and honest weights, an honest ephah and an honest hin. These were their units of dry and liquid measurements in the marketplace. Then the reason, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt. Keep all my decrees and all my laws and follow them. I am the Lord. Scarlet threads. So what scarlet threads or hints of Jesus Christ or application to the gospel do we find in this chapter? Since we are living in a different time and culture and under a new covenant, we are not bound by these laws in particular, but the principles underlying them still apply. We are to live holy, set-apart lives that reflect our redemption. The perfectly holy nature and character of God was the model the nation was to follow. If there was no other reason to acknowledge and obey the Lord except our relationship with Him, that should be enough. Believers now are to reflect the character of Jesus and grow in sanctification and become more like Christ. Our motive is to please him. They were to leave food for the poor and strangers among them. Jesus' disciples took advantage of this practice. This teaches that God is kind, so we should also be kind. Even if we don't have fields or vineyards, we can apply the spirit of the law. They were not to pervert justice. There are many other admonitions against this. This is to continue into the New Covenant era. They were to avoid slander. We are still to do this. They were to avoid the occult. To do so was to contact demons. We are still to avoid the occult for the same reason. They were not to cut themselves for the dead or tattoo their bodies because this is what the pagans did. Believers should honor God with their bodies, for they are God's temple. They were to show respect for the elderly. We are as well. The Israelites were to display justice in all aspects of their social life. 
Without spelling out every detail, believers in all eras are to do this. The Israelites were told not to hate, take revenge, or hold a grudge, but instead love their neighbor as themselves. Jesus said that to love their neighbor is the second greatest commandment after loving God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. Therefore, it is the most often quoted Old Testament text in the New Testament. You've been listening to the Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Leviticus chapter 20. May God bless the study of his word.